0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Our program is about turning the negative challenges in your life into positive experiences. If you feel that life's issues are bogging you down and there is no hope in sight, you've arrived where you need to be. We'll discuss the challenges and offer solutions that you can start working on immediately. Now, here is your host, Jeanette Abney. Hi,
2: welcome to Precious Predicaments with your host, Jeanette Abney. Licensed Marriage Family Therapist and special guest, backed by popular demand, Pastor Marcus Robinson of Raymond Words Ministry. Welcome, Pastor Robinson. How are you doing today?
3: How are you doing, Jeanette? I'm doing well.
2: Okay, good I'm doing... I can't hear you? I so said it's good to be back. Okay, well again, welcome back. If you was with us last week, we spoke about Saving Marriages and Relationships. We ended the process with forgiveness. So again, I want to again welcome Pastor Robinson. And today's show, we're going to talk about forgiving, forgetting, and moving forward. Now, although we have a pastor on the line, you can feel free to call in, and we're going to talk about some biblical ways to learn how to forgive, and also basically what that is about. Now, we all know, Pastor, that we're supposed to, to forgive someone, and even though it's been tough, no matter what your religion is, your culture, your race, creed, or where you come from, why is it so difficult to first learn how to forgive and tell us a little bit about what forgiveness or that process or what forgiving someone would really mean? What is it about?
3: Well, I, I think today in today's culture, it's, it's so hard for us to forgive because we we've been taught as a culture that forgiveness is a sign of weakness. You are actually admitting that someone got the best of you, that someone hurt you. So, so pride steps in and tries to mask itself and say that it's not hurt. So we we hide we hide with these wounds and we don't we don't. We don't ask for forgiveness, so we don't forgive because that—that that is admitting that that I gave you a part of me that I didn't give anybody else, and you hurt me when I gave you that part. So that's why I believe it's so hard for us to forgive today. And and forgiveness, forgiveness is according to uh, you know our Bible, according to the scriptures, forgiveness is a command that was given to us by uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and. He gave it to us because he first demonstrated what he commanded us to do. So so he when he looks at us and when we don't forgive, this is why he takes unforgiveness so harshly because we all have offended him. And if he came down and he gave himself for the innocent, why is it that you because in, in our culture, even when we are offended, we play a part in our offense. There is never an altercation or offense where it's one side. I've never seen one person argue. It's always a a two-sided thing. So when somebody is offended, the person that you think offended you, you offended them in some type of way as well.
2: Wow, that's interesting. I want our listeners to first know that today we are not in any way trying to minimize the life experiences that you may have endured. Because a lot of times it's our experience. is like what you said, Pastor, things that we were taught. And not only with those experiences you have endured, today's purpose is to obtain skills, techniques, and tools so that you're no longer bound by your past experiences, so that you can move forward with your life and be set free. And again, we're also going to be taking callers, and when we talk about being set free and we talk about forgiveness and learning different things, one of the things that I've noticed, especially with forgiveness and whether it's a spouse who was unfaithful, a parent who let you down as a child, or a friend who shared something you told them in confidence, we must face the question of whether and how to forgive because that's something that we were not taught. And then as we're trying to teach that, it's a challenge, because after you were wrong, the initial wave of emotions have passed. But the thing is, even those emotions, even though we know that those emotions have passed, we're taught that we're being told now, because we wasn't taught. but we was told forgiveness is a choice. So what can make a person get to that point where they choose to forgive versus knowing biblically, we have to forgive
3: after? Well, what, what gets the person to to understand that they they can choose to forgive is when they understand that holding unforgiveness does not hurt the other person. Wow! And and, and holding holding unforgiveness is, is like arresting yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you bind yourself up with, with your own hatred. But we 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 think we use hatred or unforgiveness as a weapon. And if we hate this person, if we don't speak to this person, then they're not let off the hook, and they can't move forward, and, and, and they, they will consistently walk in this tormented spirit, but it's actually us. It's actually us that we don't want to become, because forgiveness is like a wall that goes up. So once we hold, once we get, once we hold unforgiveness, the first thing we do is we bind ourselves up, and the reason we don't forgive is because in order to forgive, we must become vulnerable again true that is so true
2: and i want to say that it seems like a lot of times with that forgiveness when a stranger do something to us we normally don't pay no attention and it always seems that the people that's closest to us are the ones that hurt you the most and when they when we give them that power it becomes a challenge to us in regards to how can we take our power back And I know with me personally, I can truly say that the people that hurt me the most in my life was my mother, my father, and my oldest child. But living in that pain even before my child, just dealing with my parents, it was tough. And I saw how it made me as a person, but I really didn't know and I didn't understand what that was about because I did not know how to forgive, but I knew that I was angry. I knew that I was mad. Can you speak a little bit about how sometimes we're not even aware that we really need to forgive somebody that hurt us?
3: Because sometimes, sometimes unforgiveness may be justified. Mm-hmm. And all unforgiveness is not unjustified because as a child, you expect your parents to take care of you. As a parent, you you expect your children to honor you and obey you and to do what you say and to not hurt you. So so so, all unforgiveness is not unjustified. And the power, the real power of unforgiveness is expectation. Mm-hmm. If you don't expect anything out of anybody, they cannot hurt you. And this is why the only people that can hurt us are people that we love, respect, and look up to. Because we have an expectation out of them, and unforgiveness is really when reality does not meet expectation.
2: Mhm You know, um, one of the things I want to say is I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and in my practice, I work with a lot of individuals, and I see that pain. And when I tell them that they have a choice, a lot of times they don't believe that they have a choice, and they want to share, and they want to keep going on and on and on and on about, they did this to me, they said that to me, this they broke me down, they hurt me. And when I have to give them skills and tools, I have to let them know first what forgiveness means, and even though it's a choice, I have to let them not only... Hit acknowledge that it's a choice, but also talk about some of the benefits. And when we talk about those benefits, if the benefits far outweigh the pain, then you get to choose which one you want. Do you want to choose to be in pain or do you want to choose to let it go? Because I want to speak a little bit about, first of all, talking about what forgiveness does not mean. And first, it does not mean that you pardon or excuse the other person's actions. Secondly, right. forgiveness does not mean that you need to tell the person that he or she is forgiven. And I want to hear what you have to say in regards to that, because a lot of times we think, I need to let them know that I forgave them. Do you think that we really need to do that?
3: Uh, it, the, the situation dictates. If, if you have a situation where you you come into contact with a person on a day-to-day basis, and they know they wronged you because sometimes sometimes our offender mm-hmm. has, has changed and is really remorseful, but they can't move on with their life because they actually do need us to release them. But that's in a case where you are, on, you are seeing each other on a day-to-day basis. But when it comes to a, your actions should, should show that you forgive them. Wow. Your actions, because forgiveness is really looking at the person as if they never offended you. Mm-hmm. That's how you know you have forgiven somebody. You don't have to say, because there's a lot of us, Jeanette, that, that say, oh, I forgive them, but I'm not going to forget, or I Correct. forgive you, but I can't trust you. No, forgiveness does not have to be so much stated, but when your attitude towards me, your demeanor towards me changes, then I know you haven't forgiven me, and that does not mean I forgive what, you, what you've done. It's like you said, your actions, but what that means is, despite of your actions, I'm willing to look over that and allow you a certain amount of access back into my life. That's what that means. Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, it's interesting that you basically said that in talking about forgiveness because a lot of us really don't know what that means. And a lot of times we were taught to just say, I'm sorry. And if you tell a person you're sorry, that means that they automatically are supposed to just forgive you. And forgiveness doesn't mean that there's nothing further to work out in that relationship and that everything is okay. So just because you tell me you're sorry, I don't mean I have to just automatically just set you free. Now, I have some information I want to share with you, and I want to share and I want to hear from some of the callers in regards to their experiences or some of the things that they may be holding on to that's keeping them stuck and bound. But it talks about, even biblically, it says, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who who despitefully use you and persecute you. Now, when I Think about that scripture. That is something that literally saved my life because I knew if I would have held on to a lot of the things that happened to me as a child, if I would have held on to a lot of things that upset me about my father, and then giving birth to my son and watching him and, like you said, the expectations that you may have for your children, if I would have held on to that, it would have kept me stuck. But I also knew they didn't know no better. And I did not view them as my enemies. You can't give what you don't have, and you cannot teach what you do not know. But I didn't have to just always go to them and say, I forgive you. I did it in secret because I took it in prayer. And once I gave them over to God, I wasn't going to take it back. And I had to literally tell my mother one time, you will never be able to hurt me again. And she didn't even realize what she was even doing. And that was the sad part because she was wounded and did not know how to forgive. So what do you do in those situations when you say to love your enemies or a person that's not even your enemy? They just don't know no better.
3: Right. We have to, you, you have to make up because in, the, in that scripture, Jesus is using an, an extreme. So what, what he was saying is, worst-case scenario, somebody that you know that just does not like you, that cannot stand you, Mm-hmm. You you must love them because if you if you don't love them, you actually give them control over you. Because if you don't love your enemy, when your enemy comes into your presence, you could be having a good day and because you saw them, your whole demeanor would change. Mm-hmm. And that is a that is a subtle form of control when somebody's presence can change your your the, your outlook on your day or how you see a situation, then that is control, and what Jesus is actually saying is this: don't allow anybody to control you by how they treat you
2: Mhm and that gives the power now, one of the things I want to talk about is some of the benefits of forgiving someone, and not only just the benefits, but letting go sometime of what you call those grudges. How do I let go of those grudges? And by letting go of that grudge, it's kind of one of those things that say, and you kind of learn, I want to be better, not bitter and I want to be happy. See, a lot of times we don't realize that we hold the power and we have control and we have to learn how to maintain that control because some of the benefits of, of basically letting go of the grudges and learning how to forgive and the art of forgiveness can lead to healthier relationships, greater spiritual and psychological well-being, less anxiety and stress, and not to mention hostility, which is one of the things that it sounds like you were talking about when you allow someone to they come into the room and mess up your whole day or things of that nature because you're still holding on to that hostility. And some may not even realize, but it can also, when you learn to forgive someone, it can lower your blood pressure and mm-hmm. you can have fewer symptoms of depression. We have on the line callers, Stacey from California. Stacey? Stacy, can we hear Stacy, can you hear you? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now, Stacy.
4: Okay. How are you, Jeanette and Pastor?
3: How you doing? I'm
4: oh, um, first of all I'm listening to the show and I'm sorry for getting feedback. Um, and I'm so moved by the topic today of just forgiveness. And Pastor said something, um, Jeanette, that I'd like for him to elaborate on. Um, he mentioned that oftentimes in order to forgive, you have to be able to acknowledge your role in that process. And, Pastor, I'd like you to work with this thought. Um, I was molested at age 5, between age 5 and 12, and it took a toll on my life. Um, so I want you to work with me. I've been able to be free. God has just done an amazing job in my life, and he's put me on the other side. Um, in that forgiving process, is there something that I needed to acknowledge that I did, that that happened to me, or was that just a life experience?
3: In that case, in that case, that that's a life, that's a life experience because no no five year old, no child has the discernment to know that um, a family member, a friend, a uncle or auntie, would whatever, molest me. In those cases, in those cases, though that's that's just a life experience that more than likely the person who molested you was in some shape, form, or fashion molested, but never learned the lesson, or never healed, or was forgiven. So what we don't what we don't defeat, we're always going to repeat. So so that was a life lesson, and, and the really the the real the real the real culprit here it's not even the offender so much as the person who initiated it in that person because more than often and I think Jeanette you have more stats on this people that molest were molested so this is a this is a behavior that has carried on because they are repeating something that has occurred to them.
2: Correct, Pastor. We're going to be taking a break. Stacy, I would like for you to stay, stay on the line because I want to talk to you a little bit about the five guarantees in life. So we're going to be okay. taking a break and want you to come back. You're speaking with Jeanette Abney and Pastor Marcus Robinson, and we're talking about forgiving, forgetting, and moving forward.
0: your
5: world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: Do you have complete control over your thoughts and your life? It seems like we do, but there are always outside forces that are wreaking havoc with that control. How do we get our thoughts back on track, so to speak? Listen for help. My thoughts are holding me hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. When you command the power of thought you can achieve or have whatever you want make the laws of the universe work for you tune in every friday at 10 a.m pacific time 1 p.m eastern time on the voice america empowerment channel
5: life is a journey which never gets easier as we go through life we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment.
1: You are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to JAVNYLMFT at gmail.com. Now, back to Precious Predicaments.
2: Welcome back to Precious Predicaments with Jeannette Abney and special guest, Pastor Marcus Robinson. Again, today we're talking about forgiving, forgetting, and moving forward. We have on the line Josh from California. Josh, what would you like to share with us?
3: How are you, Jeannette uh, Pastor? I had a question as far as how how important is forgiveness and um, in your future Relationships, as far as you, uh, your, your uh, as far as a as a as a new spouse or a new bio, how how important is forgiveness in forming new relationships?
2: Okay, it's very important because if you're holding on to that hurt, if you're holding on to that past, and you have not healed. You will carry that baggage, either knowingly or unknowingly, into anybody you interact with. No matter where you go, you're going to be holding that, holding on to that. It's like that grudge. It's like that, you know, that pain. And sometimes people may not be able to identify with your pain, and that pain can be poured into their life based on your actions and your behavior. And it's not about them. But what happens is they will pay for what somebody else did to you. Pastor, what do you have
3: to say in regards to that? Yeah, I, I totally I totally agree with you. And and what, what I what I believe as far as forgiveness in your future relationships, the the first thing that I would teach and believe is is, is don't don't bring don't bring your drama to somebody that's already healed. So to thine own self be true. If you If you are getting engaged into a relationship and you know you're not fully healed, discontinue that relationship until you are healed because what you will wind up doing as a person that's not healed is you will damage somebody that that is that 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 has not been through what you've been through and that's ready to engage in a relationship, and you will wind up offending offending that potential mate because hurting people always hurt people. So if you are hurt, when you see something familiar, you will latch out at this person based off of your past. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. of the things, Josh,
2: I also want to say is they have these, what they call rules of life, and there's seven of them. But I'm going to give you the first one. Number one, it says make peace with your past so you won't screw up the present. And not only just the present, but also the, your future. Because if we're not at peace, that turmoil, it's, it's just going to keep stirring in us. And because when you're hurt by someone you've loved and you trust it, mm-hmm. it's hard to trust again. It's hard to love again because if that person that was close to me hurt me, I expect for you to do the same thing. So because I expect for you to do that, you're going to, like I said, you're going to, all those negative feelings and, and things of that nature, I'm going to be clouded by the past. And I want to also share with you guys what's called the five guarantees. It says, one, I cannot control what other people choose to think. Two, I cannot control what other people choose to feel. Three, I cannot control what other people choose to do nor how they choose to do it. If I attempt to do any of the first three or any combination, I will feel inadequate, anxious, frustrated, depressed, and out of control. What I do have control over is what I choose to think, what I choose to feel, what I choose to do, and how I choose to react or respond to what others directly express and do. And that also plays a part in forgiveness, because you do have a choice in how you respond to it. So, Josh, did that help you a little bit?
3: Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Jeanette.
2: You're welcome.
3: Okay, Pastor,
2: I want to talk a little bit about not only talking about the benefits and, you know, the effects of holding a grudge and sometimes staying trapped in that pain. And what is that pain like and what are the effects of holding a grudge? One of the things is if you're unforgiving, because I've heard people say, they hurt me so bad, I will never forgive them. I don't want to forgive them. But the thing is, being angry and bitter, you will basically bring that into relationships, like the caller before was, had a question about that, in any new experience. What happens is you become so wrapped up in the wrong that you can't even enjoy the present. You become depressed, you become anxious, you feel that your life lacks meaning and purpose, and that sometimes we even get mad at God, like, why did God allow this to happen to me? So, Pastor, help us understand a little bit about that, because when we talk about being angry and not even talking about forgiving ourselves, because it's easier to blame somebody else for our pain than it is for us to basically um
3: say well understand why this happened to me. Right, and, and that the, the first the first step is accepting responsibility because a lot of times when people are really, really angry like that all the time, the person that they're really angry at is themselves because um there may be some people that say, you know what, how could I allow that that's the first thing how could I allow that to happen to me? How did I not see this? How could I go through this again? So they never forgive themselves, first of all. So if I can't forgive myself, I'm not going to forgive anybody else. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that adds another layer. So I'm never, ever, ever going to let anybody else off the hook if I have not even forgiven myself yet. And that is the real power of anger and bitterness. It's, it's an internal frustration with yourself, based off of what somebody else did, and what we do is we justify how we feel by what happened to us, so we put all of the blame on the other person, and that gets us off the hook, and we never face the reality that that the first problem and the biggest problem is us.
2: Mhm I want to bring Stacy back on. um she on the line, but I can't hear her. Stacey, are you there? Stacy. I want to bring Stacy back on. Um, she said... Should... No, okay, I can hear yes? something. But I wanted to bring Stacy back on for a lot of reasons. And one of them is when you talk about childhood trauma and trying to, even as a parent, I heard Stacy say that she was molested from the age of five for many years. And that holding on to that and how she was able to be set free. A lot of times, even in my practice, I work with children that may have experienced trauma. Some may be sexual, some may be emotional, some may be verbal abuse, and when one of the things that happens is they have a lot of anger and bitterness in them. You know, they sometimes are removed from their families, placed with other people, and they struggle with that because as they get older... They're mad at their parents, and they feel that their parents, you know, should I forgive my parents? How can I forgive my parents? You know, things of that nature. And one of the things it talks about is does forgiveness guarantee reconciliation? And it talks about in regards to if someone's been hurt or involved in someone who's you're in a relationship with, forgiveness can lead to reconciliation. But sometimes that's not always the case. Because sometimes reconciliation might be impossible. Because sometimes the offender, they could have died. Sometimes they could be unwilling to communicate with you. And in some cases, it just might not be appropriate. But the one thing I want the listeners to know is forgiveness is still possible because you work on you. You may not be able to change the other person. You cannot basically change anything that has happened in your past, but you can re-event how the story now plays in your head. Because one thing, Pastor, I tell a lot of my clients is, don't let nobody rent space in your head for free. Don't give exactly. them that power. Take your power back. So, again, what about reconciliation? What, can you t- share with our listeners or give the listeners some tools or information that they can gain
3: some insight on in regards to reconciliation? Well, you know, my source is always going to be the Bible, and the Bible gives us a clear-cut clear clear manual um, on how to try to restore a relationship. And the first step is, it says, if, if you feel that you've been offended, wronged, then you take that person privately, and you Mm -hmm. attempt to reconcile privately, if that does not work, it says you go and you get two or three witnesses, and then you attempt to reconcile again, Mm -hmm. then if that step doesn't work, it says, okay, you bring them before, in this case, the church or a group of trusted advisors, and you bring that matter before them. And, and you all attempt to reconcile that in a group setting, it says, after you have attempted to do that, if they still do not want to reconcile, you forgive but have no fellowship with them.
2: Oh,
3: wow. so, now, so now, once we have attempted and we, we've we exasperated all means, then we are free, according to the scripture, to have no fellowship with them because sometimes in our we, we mask an argument of spirit under mm-hmm. the guise of reconciliation. Because what I teach people when we come to council is, the first thing I want to know is, okay, are we coming in here to reconcile and to fix this, or are we coming to throw blame? Mm-hmm. This one did that, that one did that, this one did that. And oftentimes there is no reconciliation because we come together like we want to reconcile, but we, in our mind, we want to tell them how they made us feel. And they want to tell us how we made them feel. And now it ends up a disaster because we didn't really work this thing out within ourselves before Mm -hmm. we came together to reconcile.
2: Well, see, Pastor, that's one of the things that I have to, and I share with a lot of my clients, is we want somebody to pay for our pain. We want you to feel. I'm going to tell you off. This is what you did to me, and it's all your fault. And a lot of times, the other person's not even paying you no attention because a lot of it has to do with their intentions. What was their intention? And when we when we're we we're acting on our emotions, we're so emotional now. We have lost sight of what the actual event was because now I just want to tell you what you did to me, and that other person may be looking at you like, what are you talking about? And when you put a person in a room, and that's one of the things I do in counseling, is I tell them, well, this is not going to be a sparring match. We're not going to be pointing the fingers at anyone. We're going to work through it. We're going to chip away at this pain so we can learn to move forward. Because when we talk about forgetting, it's not that you actually forget what happened, and and I will say, I've learned that a lot of times some individuals have blocked things out of their head, especially when you're talking about post-traumatic events with PTSD or, you know, things of that nature. That can happen. People do try to forget things, but if it's still bothering you, if you find finding that you cannot move forward and it's enabling you, you have to get to the point where you have to do something. So, Pastor, share a little bit about when you start talking about when you're in session and the blame game occurs. How do you handle that?
3: Well, the the, the, the first thing that I would I would say is uh, we have to, you, you hit it, the emotion, the emotions because emotions, emotions will take in a, a, a calm situation and make it, Make it and, and it's that I think we talked about it last week, that elevation because mm-hmm. with emotion comes an elevation of our voice and, and Proverbs fifteen one says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up contention. So the way we deal with each other, if we coming in and because I've seen it every time we counsel, she come in with her sheep, he come in with his sheep. And I got a list of what they're not doing, and I got a list of what she's not doing. Because mm-hmm. we, we fail to understand that when people walk into your office for counseling, we're not coming to fix one another.
2: Mm-hmm. We're
3: coming to compromise. And that is the biggest problem that we see with relationships is a failure to compromise, a failure to compromise. So when we get into situations like that, Sometimes, sometimes you have to end the session. Sometimes you have to call the time out. And sometimes you have to break it down even further to where, where I've had to have people. Okay. Then y'all not at a point where y'all can talk, communicate your feelings on a letter, bring it here. And I will read his letter to you and I will read her letter to you. Mm -hmm. And then we will talk about it and discuss it to keep the animosity and the emotion out.
2: Correct. And you know, it's interesting you said that because even with compromise, a lot of times, from my experience, is when many individuals are coming in with their pain, they don't even understand compromise. They want somebody to take their side, they want someone to align with them and say, Yes they did this to me and it's all their fault and punish them just punish them and one of the things is what if the person you're forgiving doesn't change because a lot of times we want to see change in that person we want to see remorse in that person we like i said we want them to feel our pain we want them to pay but then yet you can't even give them a price you got you have people jumping through hurdles and jumping through loops trying to to win you back over and in regards to what if the person don't change, the thing is you got to remember, and when you think about forgiveness, forgiveness is more about how it's going to change your life, how it's going to bring you peace, you happiness, you're an emotional, your emotional or spiritual healing. Forgiveness can take away the power that the other person comes and that they're yielding your way because once you learn how to forgive, Once you practice those tools and techniques, it's going to help you. It's not going to help the other person because that person may never change. That person may continue to victimize, hurt other people because they're stuck in their pain. But the thing is, it's about you. It's your power. It's your inner strength. And it's tapping into where you want to be. Now, we're going to be taking a break in a minute. And when we come back, I'm going to give you some tools in regards to how we can attain forgiveness and letting it go. And when I say let it go, it doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It means that it no longer am I bonded. Do it have this stronghold on me, no matter what it is. So again, we're going to be taking a break. Stay tuned, and I'll be back in a minute. Thank you.
1: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: Are you happy in your life or are you just settling? It's time to speak out, take control of your existence, and let your life speak. Bart Queen is the host of A Hero's Journey. His personal goal is to help you find your voice, use that voice, and live the life that you deserve to live. Do more, be more, and give more. Tune in to a hero's journey on the Voice America Empowerment Channel live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You owe it to yourself to tune in and make your voice count.
5: Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
1: You are tuned in to Precious Predicaments. To reach Jeanette Abney or her guest today, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to jabneylmft at gmail.com. Now, back to Precious Predicaments.
2: Okay, welcome back to Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest, Pastor Marcus Robinson. And again, we're talking about forgiving, forgetting, and moving forward. Pastor, I got a text message. And this text message says Jeanette, ask Pastor about his marriage and relationship in regards to forgiving. I want you to share.
3: What you do. Well, me and my wife are just like any other person. Our uh, any other people, our status in the church does not disqualify us from marital problems or situations. Marital problems or situations. But what, what we have to do and what we, what we have to learn, what we have learned to do is we we communicate to each other the first thing we do is we don't talk right away Mm
2: -hmm. because
3: you can't talk right away because she's emotional, I'm emotional. And if we talk right away before letting our emotions settle, then Mm -hmm. what's going to happen is we're going to wind up fighting and arguing. So we take a break, we we get some time apart, and then we come back sober-minded and we discuss the issue until we run into a hard point. Once Mm -hmm. we run into a hard point, we disengage once again and we reflect on what each other has said, because even in that you don't, you don't want to disrespect one another. So we disengage and we reflect and we say, okay, yeah, maybe this was me. Maybe this was not me. And then what we do is we explain to one another, okay, you felt like this. I'm sorry. You felt like this. This was not my intention. Here is what my intention was when I did this. So now we're giving each other understanding because even in our relationship, we're still learning one another, and we still have to learn how, to, how each other operates in certain areas. So that, that's how we really, really handle things. You communicate once you come into a hard spot or a spot where you can't, where it seems like you, you feel the emotion coming on, you disengage, you reflect, mm-hmm. and it may, it, may, it may be an hour, it may be a day. Then you come back to the situation. You always talk during times of peace. Never, ever talk when, when, when both are already flustered, tired, ain't got no rest, you know, because what's going to happen is the slightest thing is going to set us off. And now it's an explosion over something that's really mediocre.
2: Wow. It's funny you said that because even I know in my last marriage, my husband, he had a hard time forgiving people. He felt that so many people had did him wrong, he just refused to forgive, but then yet wanted people to forgive him. And me trying to teach him the, the process of forgiveness, it was hard for him to understand. It was hard for him to even articulate. And the one thing I, I mean, Lord rest his soul, his mother's soul, but I learned a lot from his mother. And the one thing Miss Daddy would tell me when I would get so mad and I did not want to let stuff go and I would just hold on to it, she would look me in my face and she would say, baby, the one thing I do is I pray that they live and I never die. And I never really understood for, well, I say never really, but it took me a long time to understand what she meant by that because I would see people do things to her. I would hear people say things about her, and she would just sit there and just say, I pray that I live and they never die. Because the thing is, dying was easy. Living was hard. So I want to give you guys some tools in regards to How can we attain forgiveness by letting go? And what do that mean to let it go? I want to first say we have to begin by acknowledging what hurt or offended us. Because what happens is if we deny the hurtful offense, that may be the first thing that you may want to do. Because it's first best to admit that it happened. A lot of times we may be in denial. We may be struggling with, why did you do this to me? What did I do to you? But the thing is, once we reflect upon it and we take note, also in regards to how we reacted and what it has done to us and our well-being, and that once we become able to articulate that it was unacceptable, and we did not appreciate nor did we deserve this to have happened to us, that helps us with our choice in regards to whether we're going to forgive or not because we acknowledged it. We don't deserve it. It happened. But now what can I do about that? What do you have to say about that, Pastor? Yeah,
3: I I, I totally agree agree with everything you said because um, there are some things that we don't, we know we don't deserve, and we are better than. Them. And mm-hmm. and sometimes we do need to be. And, and everything is not one, one thing that I really wanted to get. Everything is not an offense. So everything is not you being wrong. Sometimes we mistake offense mm-hmm. for being held accountable or being called to the table. And we think because somebody has called us to the table or 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 placed a demand on our life, and we fall below that demand, and now mm-hmm. they they check us on what we said we were going to do that now we oh we're offended. No, that's just being called into accountability. Mm-hmm. So every, every relationship must have a level of accountability. And sometimes, sometimes it deals with the person's past. If, if, if somebody grew up like me, when I grew up, I grew up around all women. So when I became a young man, it was hard for me to adjust to taking words from me. It was hard for me to, you know, accountability it was, and I felt offended by everything a man said because I was not used to that voice. Mhm so, so that's that's what I believe.
2: OK. The second one in regards to how can we attain forgiveness and let go is look at the broader perspective on what took place. One of the things we should do is make an attempt to understand the other person, just the attempt. We don't want to engage and use a lot of, put a lot of effort into it because we may never understand. But part of whether we're going to forgive or not was, it has a lot to do with, was the offense deliberate? Did they really, really mean to hurt me? Or was it merely mindlessness or them just being insensitive? And perhaps the person had no idea that they even hurt you or was suffering from something themselves. And did they do it out of selfishness? recklessness, or were there unknown circumstances at play? Because sometimes going through the process of trying to understand a situation may shed new light on the matter and may lessen the hurtful response. Because it is also possible that you may have also been oversensitive at times in regards to your feelings being hurt, and sometimes we can be very subjective versus objective because we could have just been having a bad day and may have done something and will say, oh, please forgive me, you know, things of that nature. So the one thing is, if you happen to know the hurtful act was deliberate, it was malicious and intended to harm you, Sometimes we have to refrain from the situation because reframing is a technique whereby you change the conceptual or emotional viewpoint from which you experience an event and put it in a different context because it's like I tell clients a lot of times, why keep playing that same old song? Why keep allowing that event to keep continuing in your head? So, Pastor, what would you say about having a different perspective on what took place in regards to I forgive them now because I now have a better understanding. Like I said, it goes back to me with my parents and my son. I would say to myself, they don't know no better. And anybody else would try to hurt me or come at me sideways or the wrong. I'd say, you know what, Lord, forgive them. You, you really don't want to go there with me. You, you know, they don't know no better. So what would you say in regards to taking a different look in regards to the perspective of what took
3: place? uh mo- most of the times in that our 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 experiences are burst out of offense looked at through a right outlook because if we look if we look at the end the end of the life of jesus mm-hmm. Jesus' best friends, the people that took Jesus further into his destiny
2: mm-hmm. were
3: the people that offended mm mm-hmm. mhm one of his closest friends betrayed him to his enemies. And when he came up to him, he said, friend, you betrayed me with a kiss? So betrayed by intimacy. But he kissed him back and thanked him because the bigger perspective is, you actually didn't hurt me. This situation was used to try to disqualify me. But what this this situation actually did was, it took me... Further than I couldn't have that I could have gone by myself. Wow! And I can speak for that as a pastor. There are some things that I can only preach because I've experienced the hurt, and because I looked at it through a right, right outlook. Now, this, now it's not a setback, but it's mm-hmm. actually a testimony to somebody else to bring them out. Wow! Then Jesus is exposed. In front of everybody and everybody's laughing at him on the cross and openly he says father forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing mm-hmm. so sometimes the bigger perspective is you put me up here and i'm saving you so i look over your ignorance because i know in a few days what you're doing to me is going to save you so sometimes we have to step back and look at look at situations as, like, I like to call it a good hurt. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it to happen, but it was a good hurt because it gave me wisdom. It gave me experience. It gave me a, a new understanding. And now I see life through a different lens, and I'm wiser now because of what other people may perceive as a failure.
2: Wow. You know what, Pastor? That is very powerful. And I can um, reflect in regards to my experience being a business owner. I went through a lot of challenges. I went through a lot of trials and tribulations. And one of the things is even those that hurt me or tried to hurt me, I used humor to help me. I had to. I remember my mother telling me one time, baby, you're fighting a spiritual battle and i did not know what that meant because i could not understand why these people are doing this to me why are they rejecting me why are they trying to put me out of business here i am trying to hurt people i'm trying to help people get the, and my mother told me she said baby she said one thing she said you're going against the system she said you're trying to hurt you're trying to help these people some of these people may not want your help and some of these people you may be working with they don't want the people to be helped and that made absolutely no sense to me. But the one thing is no matter what I had to go through, I went through it with grace. I did so. I tried to keep my emotions intact, even though sometimes I was just all over the place because I was just, why, 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 why they do this to me? And people my family was getting tired of me. My friends got tired of hearing it. But I made a commitment, and a commitment was part of forgiving them. And even now it's funny because now that I have a different relationship with them, it's like, wow. Part of it was they really didn't even know me. But in regards to forgiveness, because Pastor, we're going to be closing pretty soon, we have to learn to commit and let go and move on. But we first have to remember that the act of forgiving is more for your own benefit than anybody else. And secondly, forgiveness and letting go, it does take time. So, you have to be patient with yourself, and certainly it can be difficult to separate what you feel emotionally with what makes sense and how we go about it logically. That's where we kind of go back and forth. However, if you commit to putting your energies and focusing on the benefits that we talked about of forgiveness and letting go, you can easily move forward with your life because that's what's most important. It is your life. You have the power. Letting go is defined as a combination of accepting but not denying, living in the present, and looking forward to the future without regrets for the past and a willingness to move on and beyond. Because when we do that, we gain and we get our power back. That person can no longer hurt us. We've been set free. And I also want to say, with, talking about the rules of life, one of the things it says is no one is in charge of your happiness except you. Stop thinking too much. It's all right to not know all the answers. They will come when you least expect it. Don't compare your life to others and don't judge them because a lot of times we start comparing things and we feel life isn't fair and this happened to us and that makes it hard for us to forgive. We've got to remember Sometimes that journey that we going through will later become our testimony. And then we also have to smile because you don't own all the problems in the world. So, Pastor, in closing, what would you like to share with our audience?
3: Uh, that, you know, it, it is, forgiveness is a, just like you said, it's not an emotion, but it, it's, it's like, it's a command. Um, mm-hmm. it, that, that was a question asked in the Bible. How, how many times? How many times do I have to forgive somebody before before I'm before I can you know hate them legally? Mm-hmm. Is it just okay. seven times? Because in that culture, it was the limit was was five. Okay. And he said, okay, I'm gonna to take it a step higher. Was okay. it seven times? And then the the response was, I I know I say to you, if they're sitting you seventy okay. times seven in okay. one day. Yeah.
2: Pastor, yes. we, got, yes. we got to end. We got 30 seconds. I want to thank those for listening and sharing with us today on Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest, Pastor Marcus Robinson. I want you to remember to become better, not bitter. Remember, you got this. Tune in for with us next week. We'll be talking about life after an affair. So until then, we want you to remember to stay focused. Forgiveness is a choice. Choose to, be, choose to forgive and set yourself free. Again, we want to thank you for sharing time today with us. Here with Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney and special guest, Pastor Marcus Robinson from Raymond Words Ministry.
1: We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Precious Predicaments with Jeanette Abney. Please join us again for another program next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, have an easy and relaxing week. You've got this.